This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. If you're new to our church or you haven't been with us the last few weeks, let me just catch up to speed of what we're talking about. We've been talking every Sunday around the idea of what we believe in. I am thoroughly convinced that your living stems from your believing. And if you want to live well or live right, you have to first believe right. Another way to say that is if you believe right, you will live right. And so we've been talking around the idea of what do we believe in. First week we talked about we believe in God, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the moon and the stars. We believe in the creator, the father, God. Second week we talked about Jesus. We believe that Jesus was not just a prophet. He was not just a good man. We believe at Zoe he was the God man. He's the Messiah. He's the big idea. He's the antidote. He's the savior. He's the son of righteousness. Don't make me preach, y'all. Just in my intro, okay? So we believe in Jesus. Now, the third week we talked about we believe in the Holy Spirit. Think about this. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Not an alternative Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So we talked about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I want to talk today in the fourth installment about our firm belief in the church. We believe in the church. In fact, we believe at Zoe that the local church is the hope of the world. In other words, the way that God's going to change L.A. and the way God's going to change America and the world is through the church. It will not be through a nonprofit or an organization. God has chosen the vehicle of the local church to bring hope to the world. I want to preach about this idea. I want to start together. This is early in the life and the ministry of Jesus. John chapter number 2. He walks into a church and watch what he does. This is Jesus walking to a church. It says he walks in the temple courts and he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves. And others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple courts, both the sheep and the cattle. He scattered them, the coins of money, changers, and overturned their tables. He overturned. Jesus is so upset. He's overturning tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So Jesus walks into church and he sees what's happening and he's like, whoa, stop. This is, this is not my father's idea. This is not how church should be. In fact, remember Jesus one time said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Oh, I love that. Anytime you come to Zoe, let me just promise you two things we're going to give you for free. We're going to give you coffee for free and prayer for free. We're not going to charge you for either, okay? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So Jesus walks in and he sees all the stuff that's happening and he's like, not in my father's house. So he starts turning tables and casting people out. And as he does this, the disciples remember a verse from Psalms. They go, oh, that's right. As it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Have you ever been consumed by something? 
consumed by your business, consumed in a relationship, consumed by following something. He said, zeal for your house has eaten me up, consumed my life. I want to preach a message today. You can write down the title of today's message. First week, I believe in God. Second week, I believe in Jesus. Third week, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Let's get creative today. I believe in the church. Okay, okay. For all you creatives that need a creative title, subtitle, you can write down, take me to church. Just for all you ADD people, okay? Take me to church. Come on, let's pray and let's believe that God will come and speak to us today. God, we thank you so much. Thank you for your love and thank you for your grace. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are kind and loving. We remind our soul and our situation of who you are. Thank you, God, that you are for us and not against us. We ask today, open up our eyes so we can see you. Open up our ears so we can hear you. Do something unique and profound in these moments and in this setting. And God, we thank you that next year the Lakers will win the championship and Los Doyers will win the World Series in El Nombre de Jesus. Everybody said, come on, put your hands together, Zoe. Come on, let's get some faith for it. Come on, even if you don't care, just clap because it feels good, huh? Yesterday I was out of the valley and they're all setting up and there's one guy that plays guitar now at the valley campus and he introduced himself and he's from St. Louis and so yesterday he told me, say, hey pastor, every time you pray for the Dodgers, I, every time you do it, I close my eyes and I rebuke it and I pray for the Cardinals. And I looked at him and I was like, well that's why you're not blessed. So if you're wondering why you're not blessed, that's why you're not blessed. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I... I I'm just This is my personality. I come from an extreme personality. So, like, if I'm about something, I'm all about something. Like, if I'm about acai bowls, I'm about acai bowls, okay? Like, if I'm about blue bottle, I'm about, like, just whatever I'm about, like, I'm all the way in. I become a radical, fanatical, all the way in. Like, that's just, that's just my personality. I don't know if you've been enjoying this, but I've been watching March Madness. Anybody been watching March Madness? I love watching the basketball tournament. One, one of my favorite parts about watching the basketball tournament right now is the end of these games. You know, the end of these games, it comes down. These two colleges are battling. It's a one-point game. And I like when the cameras go and just go to the crowd. And you can see those that are just there because it's like a local sports event. Their arms are folded, and they're just kind of watching the game like, I don't care. This is just entertainment. And then you see the difference between when they go to, like, the, the, the crowd that's there to root for that university. And people are just, like, they're just going crazy. Like, they're just going nuts. Like, yesterday they went to this, like, 10-year-old boy, and the 10-year-old boy, the game's not even over. Nobody's won or lost, and the 10-year-old boy's crying. He says, nobody's won or lost. He's just crying. He's all the way in. I want to talk today around the idea of you and I having zeal for the house of God. Zeal for church. Zeal for the thing that God has decided is the hope for the world. Watch here in Psalm. Oh, I love this Psalm about having a love for God's house. Watch what Psalm 26 says. Verse 8, Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. Hear that. Lord, I love church. I just got to tell you, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in this thing, okay, people? We made it. Like, I'm a, I, I grew up in church. I love everything about church. I love worship. Anybody else? 
I love the preaching of God's word. Anybody else? I love the coffee at church. I like the, I like the community of church. I like being one of the last person to leave at church. I like connect groups. Anybody else? I like grow track. Anybody? Like, I just love church. I have a tattoo that says, I'm kidding. I ain't got no tattoo. Y'all was looking. Caught y'all looking. You was slipping, seeing if you paying attention. But I love, I love the house of God. Lord, I love your house. If you fall in love with anything in life, you ought to fall in love with church. You ought to fall in love saying, I love going there. I love being there. I love the people of God. I believe it is the vehicle that God has chosen to use to bring hope to a broken humanity, to a world that has no hope. Come on, somebody help me preach today and thank God that you and I have the gift of church. I want to give you five things today that I love about church. Five things that I, I absolutely love these things about church. Write down number one. Church is God's plan. I love that. Step back, Drake. God's plan. Church is God's plan. Church is not our plan. Church is God's plan. This is God's idea. God sat down and said, how am I going to flip L.A. upside down? How am I going to change America? How am I going to touch every tribe, every tongue, and every nation? I will use one vehicle. It will be the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. Not a nonprofit. Not a 501c3. The church is the hope. Watch what God says here in Ephesians chapter 3. And watch these verses here, what Paul declares. Listen to this. God wants to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That The intent is that now, through the church, what was a mystery, what was hidden, what people couldn't figure out before, now it's his intent that through the church, the church will declare, Jesus is good, Jesus forgives, Jesus is alive. Come on, the hope of the gospel is for all of us. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank God today. It's not hidden, it's not a mystery, it's being shouted, it's being declared, it's being sung about, it's being celebrated. Jesus is Lord. This is God's plan. This is, this is God's vision. Let me just read this statement to you. As it comes on the screen, I love this, this thought. The church doesn't have a vision. God's vision has a church. People, when we started Zoe, people are like, what, what's your guys' strategy? What's your vision? To reach L.A., what's your vision? I'm like, what, what? What? Like, no, 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 you got it twisted. God's vision has a church. A church that's alive. A church that's electric. A church where miracles can happen. Signs and wonders. Salvations and deliverance. Healings can take place. Generations can get changed. People can raise their family. Come on, church, can you catch the vision that God has? God's vision has a church. This is God's vision. 
God said, I just, I, I see a church that worships me. I see a church that prays. I see a church that seeks my face. I see a church that serves. I see a church that sacrifices. I see a church that is a reflection of my renown and my glory. I see a church that lifts up my name. I see a church that loves to pray. I see a church that loves to lift their hands. I see a church that loves to give. Come on, church, catch the vision that God has. God has this vision of a church. And, and, and God says, this is what I'll do. I'll make sure that everybody just unequivocally understands who the head of the church is. It is not a bishop. It is not a deacon. It is not an elder or a preacher. It is my son, Jesus. In fact, write that down, number two. Jesus is the head, and he's the one that's building this thing. He's the head of the church. He's the, he's the guy. He's the big idea. He's the, he's the, he, he runs the world, Jesus. Like he, <laughs> sorry, a little hurt leftover, you know. <laughs> Jesus is the head of this thing, and he's the one, please hear me very carefully, because don't get it twisted, Jesus is building his church. So number one, it belongs to him, and number two, he's building it. It's just that. He's using ordinary, broken, messed up people like me and you to build a glorious house. Why does he use ordinary people to do such extraordinary things we will never understand? How can you be a sinner saved by grace and build his house? We will never understand, but he does it anyways. Watch this in Matthew. Jesus looks at Peter, who, by the way, will soon deny him three times, proving that you can make a failure, you can make a mistake, and still be used by God. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he still rises. So just because you fell down doesn't mean you should stay down. You should get back up. So watch what he says to Peter here in Matthew 16. He says, Peter, you understand. You got to just know this. He said, I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. I understand that Zoe, I am a steward of Zoe. I am not the owner of Zoe. I don't own anything at Zoe. It trips me out when pastors try and own stuff. They're like, yeah, you know, it's my church. This is my staff right here. It's my youth guy, my kids guy. It's, uh, it's, it's my worship leader. It's my building. It's like, bro, none of it is ours. None of it belongs to me. This is all God's. Come on, Zoe, get some faith today. He's the head of this thing, and he's going to build this thing. You say, I, I'm going to build my church, and what's fascinating to me is that in order for God to build anything, he needs somebody to do it through. It's kind of like Home Depot. Home Depot has that slogan, let's build something together. Not that I've ever been to Home Depot, but I've heard on a commercial that they say this. When the Bible says when you start building church and your life becomes a church builder, you become a co-laborer with Christ. You start building. God wants to build something, but he needs some hands, and he needs some feet, and he needs some eyes, and he needs a body, and he needs somebody that would surrender their gift and their talent and their time and their treasure to build the house to be glorious. It's not going to build itself. It needs somebody to just surrender and say, God, if you want to use me, you can use my testimony, and you can use my pickup truck, and you can use my bank account, and you can use my network and my resources 
resources. Am I preaching to anybody that wants to build the house of God to make it into something great and glorious for his renown? You ought to give God praise today if you're saying, Lord, use my life. Because God's going, I won't build it, but I need somebody I can use. So number one, this is God's plan. This is God's vision. This is God's idea. He's putting his son in the front, and he's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure everybody knows Jesus is the head of this. This is all for him. This is all his renown. Write down number three. Church is a community. Church is a community. I love this thought. Because we have to understand that church not only is, is the house of God, but at the end of the day, we are the people of God that make a beautiful community together. Oh, I just love church is not services. Church is not brick and mortar. Church is not buildings. It doesn't matter whether we're in the El Rey or we're in the Valley Campus. Church is people getting together under the umbrella and under the name and saying we're going to celebrate and worship because when we were lost and broken and dead and in our trespasses and addicted and messed up, Jesus found us by his grace and saved us and called us by name. And so we're going to be in community. Watch this in Psalm 68. Watch the promise of God. In Psalm 68, listen to this scripture. It says that God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. When God really wants to bless you, he puts you in community. When God really wants to hook you up, he don't give you a new car. He gives you friendship. He gives you committed relationships. The best thing we got going, Zoe, it is not our singing and it is not our preaching. It is the community we have. If you go to the hospital to have a child or you got cancer, Zoe's going to be there. We're going we're gonna to weep with you if you need somebody to cry. We're going to rejoice with you if you just have success. Because it's community that what, our, what is your soul truly longing for? What are all of us really in need of today? We all long for authentic, genuine community. I love that church is a community. Church, we come together and we are committed. I just, I've always been convinced your commitment lasts longer in community. In fact, if you're not in community, it's like you can just come and go and you can float and you can church hop. Oh, don't make me. You can just do whatever you want. Bars and um, but when I'm in community and I'm committed to my community, my commitment always lasts longer in community. Now, one of the things you got to just be at rest with is community is messy, <laughs> it's just so messy because when you're in community, there's all types of opportunities for offense. Because in community, you know, you don't get invited to everything. You know, sometimes you get uninvited from stuff. You don't get tagged in every photo. Am I preaching to anybody? Like, this community is messy. But that's all right. That's Because if you're here and you're going like, I don't want to be in community. I have a church hurt. I've got a church hurt. That's a, you got a church hurt? Welcome to the club. We all got a church hurt. In fact, anywhere people are, you're going to have a hurt. You're going to have a work hurt and a marriage hurt and a friendship hurt. And you're going to have a hurt anywhere. But when you get committed to community, you're saying, I'm going to work this out. I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to get over the offense because I'm committed to my community. 
something about just being in community is saying like, you know what, I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to not isolate. The devil wants you to isolate yourself, not be in community, be on your own. If you do that, you will live for yourself. When you're in community, you're there to serve others, add value to others, encourage one another, be, be one that lifts other people's heads, be one that helps people. That's part of being in community. Write down number four. I love church because church is a home. I just love this. Church is a home. We ought to put up a big sign outside of Zoe. When you walk in the doors, it should say, welcome home. All of your wandering you've gone through, all of the places you've tried to find rest, tried to find success, tried to find help. No, welcome home. I don't know about you, I love to go to my house. I love walking in the door of my home. I kick my shoes off. When I'm at my house, I don't have to try and put it on. When I'm in my home, I just, I like to just kick back and be myself. Anybody else? Like, I love going to my house. You know what we're doing today, Zoe? What's so cool is, listen, in every house, there's different rooms. You know, you have the kitchen. You have the sitting room. You have the TV room. You have the living room. Listen, today I had to ask my wife what my favorite room is at our house. I, and if you don't remember that because you're like, oh, Pastor Chad, I live in a one-bedroom, okay? We, we don't have any rooms, okay? Just remember your house in Iowa, and that's what it was like. But you know what we're doing today, Zoe? All Valley campuses, it's just another room. And some people are going to love the El Rey room, and some people are going to love the Valley room. And one day we'll start the South Bay room, and we'll start the, the East Side room, and the Malibu room. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost right there. I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt led by God right there. But no matter what room you like, you just got to know you're home. Welcome home. You don't got to be anything you're not. You don't have to fake it till you make it. You don't have to act godly if you ain't godly. You just know you belong here. You are home here. You are welcome here. Welcome home. I love how the Bible talks about the house of God. Watch here in Psalm 84. Look at the house of God in Psalm 84. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. Look at Psalm 27.4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Look at Psalm 122 verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's something about having a heart for the house. When you got a heart for the house, you can't wait to get to church. You're like, man, I can't wait to worship today. I can't wait to hear the preaching. I can't wait to interact with my community. I can't wait to invite other people into the family. I can't wait because I got better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Do you hear what he said? He said, I'd rather stand outside of the El Rey Theater greeting people on the way in than spend a thousand days in another place. 
Because there's something about the house. There's something about my home. When I come home, I feel forgiven. When I come home, I feel accepted. When I come home, I feel joy. Am I preaching to anybody that has come to the house and felt something like you never felt before because of God's goodness? And you ought to clap a little bit louder if you're grateful today. One thing I have I asked, one thing I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord. Come on, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? we got to understand to have a heart for the house means to have a heart for God's presence. And I love church because it's God's plan. I love church because Jesus is the head of this whole thing. I love church because it's my community and it's my home. Right down to last thought, number five. I love church because church is a place where you're known and you're needed. I love this thought so much. Some of you need to hear this today. Church is a place where you're known and you are needed. The other day I go to a, a coffee shop near my house in Playa Vista. And I go to Blue Bottle because God rests at Blue Bottle. He is not at other coffee shops like he is at this coffee shop. And I walked in and at this coffee shop, I always feel like, if I'm just being honest, I feel like the man in my coffee shop. Like I walk in, I know all the baristas. They know me. They know my order. In the morning, I order Americano. In the afternoon, I order almond milk, cap, iced almond milk cappuccino. They know my order. They know my name. They know my kids. Every time, when I walk in, I'm like, I don't know what it is about this place, but man, we get along. <laughs> so the other day, I was sitting there studying and working, and one of the workers came to sit down, and he started coming to our church recently. He's like, hey, I want to talk to you about the customer service of Zoe. I think there's some great ideas we got at Blue Bottle that can help as always. I was like, you're being a little bit presumptuous, my man, but all right. And he was like, he was like, you know, one of the things that we have at our, we teach all of our employees is we, we ask every one of them to memorize every customer's name. And we memorize every customer's order. In fact, in the back, we have a board. We will have contests to see how many names you can memorize in a day. And I was like, hold up. You mean you know everybody's name, not just mine? Are you telling me everybody's order? You know, oh, stop it right now. But I'll just, I'll go to this place. Why? Because I'm known. What if you walked into Zoe and people knew your name? People knew your kids. People knew your story. People knew what you were going through. What if there was a church out there that cared about people's names so much that we, you weren't just another person sitting in a seat, but you were a story. You're a connect group leader. You're somebody we need. Come on, church. It needs to be a church in Los Angeles where you are known and you're needed. Like, let's just be honest. We need you. Church is not the same without you. You know what I think about Church. And please, this is not to be harsh. It's not that it's not that church needs you, it's that you need church. If you don't come to church, this thing's gonna keep going. But there's something about you coming and understanding we're not the same without you. We need your gift, we need your faith, we need your talent, we need your treasure, we need your time. We're not the same church without you. We can't do what we're called to do without you. We need you here. All of us innately inside of us as humans, we want to feel needed and we want to feel wanted. Why do all of us need to be needed? We need it. It will mess with your identity when you feel like nobody needs you. Let me just tell you at Zoe, we don't just want you. We need you. 
We're not the same without you. We can't touch L.A. without you. We can't have a revival without you. We can't do the valley without you. Come on, Zoe. you got to understand. This is something God's going to use us to do. You are known here, and you're needed. If you don't believe that, what will happen is you rock up to a service, all right, cool, and you walk away, and you'll never understand the power and the potential. We are the body of Christ, and the ear can't say to the hand, I don't need you, and the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. We need each other. We are members together, uniquely formed together, and it's our differences that make us brilliant. It's the fact that we're not the same that makes us dynamic. Somebody thank God today that you're part of a church. You are known here, and you are needed here. Come on, stand to your feet. Jesus, we thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.